0: Welcome to the Beekeeper's Corner Podcast. January 27, 2023, Episode 219, Managed Mentoring, Part 1. Hello, everyone. Welcome into the corner. So glad you have taken the time to stop by today. In this episode, I'm going to dedicate the entire session to talking about the soon-to-be-released managed mentoring program for getting started in beekeeping. You know, I have mixed reservations at disclosing what I'm about to say because, well, I could cite 20 reasons why this is a mistake, and I would be better off holding my tongue and letting the program work behind the scenes for one more year. But, well, here I am, and even with those mixed reservations, I can equally cite Other reasons as to why this is the right time to be proactive and jump off the cliff. I guess the first thing to say is I'm not overly fond of the moniker managed mentoring for one reason. It doesn't instantly convey what's behind the program. When I say those words, managed mentoring, especially in the context of beekeeping, well, one can conjure up a lot of different ideas. But like any other foreign concept that had its start somewhere, Facebook, for example, once it becomes known, the name of the program will take on a life of its own. And I only need to make others familiar on what it stands for. And it will somehow all make sense. At least that's my hope. So in this episode of The Beekeeper's Corner, I'm going to take a shot at introducing the world to manage mentoring. I've conjured up a number of different approaches for telling the tale, and in the end, I landed on the best way to go about this is to start from the beginning. To start with why is there a need for the managed mentoring program? My strategy is to take advantage of the notion that you do not know what it means, and I'm gonna take a shot at presenting this like a TED talk. It used the origin story of the program to elaborate what the problem is that the program solves. My thought is I'm going to split this into two parts. The first part sets the stage and elaborates the catalyst for the program. And I'll follow this up with the second episode that goes further into the details about the program, the blueprint, the structure, and status of things. Preamble out of the way, let's go ahead and get started. Going back to six or seven years ago, I was assisting in the instruction and documentation of a beginner's beekeeper course. My role that day was mostly superficial, teaching only a small portion of the course. And as such, I was able to see the course more like an observer watching everything unfold. I vividly recall the energy of the new beekeepers coming in from that first morning, their excitement and enthusiasm to tuck into the topic from the experts in the front of the room. It started out well, but if I cut to the chase, fast forward to about two hours into day two, and so much of that energy was sucked out of the room. My thinking on that is part of the aha moment for a revised way of training beekeepers. The new beekeeper's point of view If there's one thing you'll hear me reflect on time and time again in the next little while is walking a mile in the new beekeeper's shoes. Case in point, imagine the going in position of the new beekeeper on that day. In their minds, they are in the presence of people who are well-versed in beekeeping and surely they have come to the right place to get the basics and learn what is involved. But here they are, two hours into the second day, and they are feeling discontent. At that two hour mark, they somehow find themselves listening to the instructions that if you plan to sell queens in New Jersey, and especially if you transport bees across the state line, then you'll have to register with the Department of Agriculture. If you could stand back like I was and look at the body language of the participants, they were sending clear signals. As the course progressed, they demonstrated that they were confused, frustrated, bored, and a bit glazed over from hearing so many things that they were struggling to process. Imagine if you can go in the mind of the participants, their real-time processing of the experience was probably something like this. What was that word, brood? Keep saying that, I wonder what that means. While taking in the next topic, okay, Got that, made a note. A little bit later, I can use this. Never thought of that. As it's getting towards lunchtime, I wish they would tell me where we should put our bees on the yard. I need to know if I could put our bees near the chicken coop or over by the garden. Later that afternoon, I'm going to dread this. I have never built a bee box in my life. That's just going to suck. When they are covering what equipment is needed, they went through that so fast, I didn't follow it. I guess I'll have to look that up later. Late in the day? Is this really necessary? I don't want to plant pollinator plants. Aren't there enough in my neighborhood? Yeah, okay. And I still don't know how to set up my yard. That was just me imagining the moments throughout the courses I looked out amongst the audience, but I could really read it in the participants' eyes. Why? Because thinking back to that time and place for me, my experience let me realize what they were in for and what they were missing. For those of you that are beekeepers listening to this, you probably went right back there with me. Now, if you're a new beekeeper, hold on for a second because I want to talk to those that have taken the journey already. Depending on the class you took, And I'll give you a moment for some of you to catch up because perhaps it's been a long time and you're thinking it was good. Or you're just smiling and it was good. Or on the other hand, it was not so good. Uh, Kevin moment. I snuck in a little Betty Wright there for anybody that caught that. But if you didn't catch it, listen to Betty Wright live (laughs) track four, Tonight is a Night Wright. W. R. I. G. H. T. Is how you spell her name? Sorry, that's just me being me, Kevin moment, over. But the fact of the matter is you all probably can remember back as to whether it was a good course, a mediocre course, or you were left wanton. At minimum, I would guess that new beekeepers attending a course were thankful and happy to have the course. That's the general principle. So the good news is they're worthwhile. Now, again, it feels like I'm being critical. Let me say here and now that I think short courses on getting started in beekeeping are invaluable. They serve a purpose, and for the new beekeeper, they really help to establish a foundation. I do have one nit about them in that many new beekeeper courses are peppered with things that don't belong. But the truth is, they're really worthwhile. And I teach new beekeeper courses, short courses. So that demonstrates the fact that I think they're worth the investment in time. But there was an aha moment there. Watching all that unfold, that nagged at me. I went home from that course thinking how disheartening it was to witness and thinking that someday something better has to come along. The first aha moment was eventually followed by another. Now, our beekeepers association does an exemplary job when it comes to training new beekeepers on hands-on beekeeping. The association has two training yards with hives that members can use to learn beekeeping. It is in our training yard that this second aha moment presented. Each spring, the new crop of beekeepers comes out to our meetings in their snow white suits, and it is evident that they have little experience in working bees. We take the time to walk them through the simple, simple basics. When it comes to lighting a smoker, taking off the roof, pulling frames, identifying bees, it's a world of wonder for the vast majority of them. The disheartening thing is that a reasonable subset of these new participants has taken a short course, and their skills are no farther along than someone who hasn't taken a short course. I always feel disheartened witnessing this season after season and have begun to think we are simply missing important steps in getting those beekeepers the foundational knowledge they require. As you might imagine, I began to consider the ideas of why they seem so unequipped and in time, a few theories emerged the first thing that factored in their skill set was something that is out of their control. Thinking back and looking at it from their point of view, how could we expect them to understand? There are no life lessons that teach you how to be a beekeeper. In other pursuits, you might find experiences in life, somewhat, that give you clues as to how to proceed. But handling a colony of bees in a hive sack There's nothing that equates to this. When beekeepers try to learn everything, pretty much everything is foreign to them. The learning curve is really steep. The tactics, the biology, the terminology. It's not hard to imagine why they did not connect with the material given to them in a short course because they had no base to pull from. So familiarity and relevance to the subject matter stands in the way. Another factor is time. There's a dynamic about the timeliness of putting something to use. I think of short courses in when in the time of year that they happen, they almost always occur during the quote unquote downtime of the beekeeping season. Meaning from December to, say, February, March, April timeframe when spring comes. The reason is it is because usually of the instructor pool. Um, yeah, this is probably a simplification, but who teaches beekeeping courses? Knowledgeable beekeepers. Who are the knowledgeable beekeepers? They're often the ones with businesses, and they generously give of their time in the off-seasons. So, many new beekeeper courses are at the tail end of winter and before spring kicks in because, well, the instructors have work to do to get their own businesses underway, and they want to avoid the mainstream spring season. Now, don't get me wrong. It's pretty logical to have a training course in advance of the traditional start to the season, but an unintended consequence of this gap between the learning and the doing results. By the time they come to work a colony that is established in the spring in our training yard, it could be weeks, if not a few months from the time they signed off on the course. It's not hard to imagine that when they're standing over a box of bees for the first time, having just a little smoker, that they would have apprehension and uncertainty at having the first clue as to what they're doing. Still, there's an acknowledgement that they did take a course and giving credit where credit is due, I am sure that they learned something. But let's take some scrutiny on that too. If you examine what was really taught, how in-depth the training was, the fact is, in certain areas, it was likely superficial. That's not a knock on the curriculum. It's more of an acknowledgement of the time that the instructors have to tell you what you need to know. There just simply isn't enough of it in a three day short course to prepare you for all the things you will encounter in a season of beekeeping that starts in April and ends in November. What is lacking often is environmental awareness bee biology and the skills that a seasoned beekeeper knows that helps them to deal with troubleshooting, planning, mitigating, and the other things that are part of the craft. If you are a prospective beekeeper, I want you to mark these words, lock them in your memory because they will reach a crescendo when you're standing over your nuc that you purchased or the package that you're going to install And it is wholly incumbent upon you to figure out what comes after that. So beekeeping courses, they are a great idea and a very smart way to get going. But as we have assessed, they're really not a panacea when it comes to learning how to be a competent beekeeper over a beekeeping season. Now, we've identified a gap, a problem, and we can consider some ideas to see if we can overcome our challenges. Perhaps as I go through this, you're in your headspace thinking about solutions. I know that's where I would be if I were you. Well, maybe you're considering what the next logical step is. The common answer, and I've had the ability to think through this, so it's logical to me, is if you are a part of a beekeepers association, they will help you with your answers along the way. So join an association. That is truly a good idea. Uh, Kevin moment. By the way, and I have to say this to some of you who are not familiar with my candor. I know that sometimes I sound a little smarmy. I'm not sure what the genesis of that is in my presentation, but believe me when I am saying that I am not trying to be condescending. It's going to become odd here in a moment when you hear me say, just like I did, that it's a good idea to join a beekeeper association, and then I'm going to spend some time outlining some shortcomings of participation. First things first, join a beekeeper association. This is me speaking. They are invaluable, and I'm not being cheeky. The second thing is my communication style is to be direct. If I point something out that needs examining, it is not for the purpose of tearing something down. It is strictly under the guise of understanding dynamics to make improvements to my DNA. I love my association. I love visiting other associations. I truly appreciate, having been a lifelong volunteer, the yeoman's work done By the state association, you can take that to the bank. But there are times when I am comfortable in a communicating directly moment that I think we can improve or take steps to make changes to serve our members. As you will come to learn, this is the punchline by the way, the whole premise of this program is to structure new beekeeping support in parallel with the dedicated effort for the associations. There it is, (laughs) that's the magic sauce. If you can hold on to that for a second while I carry on, I'll come back and explain that statement. The point here is what I'm about to say must not be construed as a dig on short courses or beekeepers associations It's about reimagining helping new beekeepers and there really are no ulterior motives. Okay, with that out of the way, I feel like I have some latitude to carry on, so end of Kevin moment. During the new beekeeper course, it would be unusual if you were not told to join a beekeepers association. Logically, it's a common recommendation that beekeepers associations would be a great community for support And the fact is, as I just said, they are a tremendous resource. A fledgling beekeeper would really like to have a mentor, someone to consult with. But it is likely that they're not going to manifest that for themselves. And a beekeeping organization of experienced beekeepers is a great surrogate, a great proxy. If I think back, reflecting on the first beekeeping meeting, which is another fond memory of mine, I surmise that you will never meet a more interesting cast of characters than you do at a local beekeeper meeting. All beekeeper meetings, in my experience, are a mix of different people with a gamut of communication skills and knowledge. For a new beekeeper, you have the dual experience of learning the dynamic of the organization and also wanting to identify ways to find resources to help you. It's likely on your first go around at the latest branch meeting that they're covering some topic that's probably too advanced for you to understand because, well, this is organized, the meeting, by a collection of beekeepers who already know how to keep bees. So they're past talking about setting things up or how to do basic tasks. In participating in that meeting, you wait for the night to progress politely in the background and when the meeting takes a break. During the downtime, you strike up a conversation with someone who will talk to you and hopefully you'll find a way to work in some questions. Judging whether or not the person you found is giving you responses in a way that you understand, trust, and connect with. Eventually, things start up again and maybe you did find the answers and maybe you didn't. It's hard to say. At the end of almost every meeting in the spring, a beekeepers association has a Q&A and you and the other new beekeepers look to surface questions. Again, you find yourself evaluating the answers, knowing that you're at the whimsy of any beekeeper there who wants to take a crack at providing you a response. One person answers, another one answers on top of that. And when they move on to the next question, you have a 50-50 chance that you got an answer to the one of about 30 questions you had. If you haven't heard this before, a beekeeping question, ask it and you'll get 10 different answers. Now again, this is not a knock on beekeepers associations. Just like telling you to take a beginner's beekeeper course, we strongly recommend you join your local association. My experience over the years of being part of my local club and participating with others is immeasurable. What it points out, however, is that on most occasions, it may not be the optimal place to learn the basics of beekeeping. The ability to do new beekeeper Q&A at a meeting is an art, and some clubs, quite frankly, do it very well, and others, well, not so much many associations strive to provide information. They dedicate time to it, and they routinely offer assistance. The problem is, my way of thinking, there's usually not a lot of structure to it. They might breeze past the beekeeping calendar and what happens in the next few weeks, but most of it is by my way of thinking, again, superficial, and you'll have to wait until next month for the next interaction so you're on your own in between. The other thing, and sorry, I'm about to say this out loud, the answers at these meetings sometimes stink. (laughs) They're provided by the person who happens to step up and respond, and, well, sometimes they're not really qualified to give you a response. What would you know? You don't know much about beekeeping. You'll take whatever you can get. Someone who is eager to help can give you a wrong answer or they can tell you something that makes no sense to you. They can confuse you with what they say. And I'm sorry, that happens pretty frequently. Sometimes others will come to the rescue and they provide an alternative viewpoint and then you're left to pick which one is right. The ad hoc nature of it sure is a mess and at times it forces beekeepers to seek a more evil path. They sometimes turn to Facebook, new beekeeper groups. They are a notorious train wreck in so many cases. Ask a question there and your head will explode trying to decipher the answers. Most of the time, the respondees end up arguing with each other and go off the path of what the actual question was. In the end, this sure is a heck of a way to find your path. Hmm, what a pickle. So two aha moments behind us. Let's come back to center and talk about the actual management mentoring program. Now, I find this word a bit cliche, but the management mentoring program looks how the establishment has set up training for new beekeepers and it reimagines it. A haphazard, inconsistent way to learn bees is not a settled way to go. And I'm hoping by now that you can see there's an opportunity for improvement. So manage mentoring, now, what is it? If you could take someone trustworthy, someone who knows how to lead you step by step, and you had access to them, and you asked them, and they conveyed knowledge to you, this is what a mentor would do. And it's what the managed mentoring program strives to do for you. This is a duh moment. After that day, I made it my mission to pay attention to the new beekeepers experience, to walk in their shoes in every single opportunity I could. And, duh, I wrote the answers down that they wanted to know. That was where it began. The experienced beekeepers, no matter where you are in the season... Walk in our shoes. We know what we're doing. We know where we're going in the next two weeks. We know what we have to do next month. We know what has to come when operation of summer comes, fall, winter, what you need to plan for. We know it. It's no big mystery. If you've done beekeeping and you're proficient at it for a number of seasons, it's generally a process that you follow. Yes, the seasons vary from time to time, but for the most part, if you've got a reasonable system down pat, you can make it work. Now, wouldn't it be great if we would take the time to tell you when you're starting out what you should do, and then right after that, what you should do upcoming and where you're going to go in the future? Actually, this is what it is. For the past five years and with real experience from running a pilot for three of those years, We have been doing just that, documenting what new beekeepers need to know and helping them manage their way through the season. We've mapped out the journey for the next two years in detail. From I want bees to the passage to become a competent beekeeper and everything in between. We mapped out the phases, the getting started phase. I want bees in the box. We took the new beekeeper point of view and added some necessary things that you don't know about, but given our mentor expertise, we put it in the program just like a mentor would tell you. Now, I have to stop for a moment and purposely say what we didn't do while designing this course. We did not fill the course with extraneous information just to prove how smart we can be. And how smart we are. Sure, we could have padded the course with more information. But I submit to the question, what would that be of benefit? It's not. Wherever we can, we try to keep our trainers on track. Don't elaborate. Tell them what they need to know for the job at hand. I hope that in time, it's your experience that you find the course concise and focused to the task at hand. So you're starting out, let's look at this from the new beekeeper. Imagine if you're in this phase, I want bees, to having bees in your bee equipment. You're thinking, what equipment do I need? Where do I get it? I want to put bees in my yard. Where do I put them? I have neighbors who have concerns about me putting bees in my yard. They heard me say it. They don't seem very happy about that. What do I do about that? We'll tell you how to handle that situation. I'm in the state of New Jersey, say like us. What are the regulations here? We'll teach you how to work your way through that. You know what? Let me take a minute here. Let me give you an example. In that situation, think about what you should do. You want to learn about what it's like to keep bees in your community. The question I have for you, should you call your municipal officials? I would say to you, no, (laughs) that's not a good idea because what do municipal officials think when asked about making rules for managing stinging insects? Turns out they tend to be more concerned about you being a nuisance. How do I know? This plays out all over the place. Now, what do we tell you in the courseware? Join your local association and ask the beekeepers detailed questions about keeping bees in your municipality. I promise you they're well-versed at these answers and it's a safe environment to get the right answers. Incidentally, the beekeepers around you sure do prefer you go this route because they don't want you screwing things up for them by asking questions of the municipality. Now, the interesting thing about New Jersey... Just a sidebar is that the New Jersey Department of Agriculture controls the rules for beekeeping in the state. Municipalities generally don't have a say, but you'll learn that as the courseware goes on if you're in New Jersey. So those are just some, a taste of some of the considerations will help you navigate. That may or may not surface in a short course, but it does with us. Now, there's one other thing to consider. We have been out there and we have done that. Where it is logical, we will go deeper than the superficial training you'll get in a beekeeper's course because our thing runs over the course of two years and we have so many sessions to interact with you that we will take the time to do that. Now, ultimately, that means it's an investment for you because you're going to have to come back time after time after time to participate and get the information. I subject to you that you're better off coming back and getting it from us versus learning it on your own and making mistakes. We've made the mistakes for you and we fix those mistakes so that you don't have to. We are there all along the way and especially when you're at critical milestones. You know, the one thing we hate to see is beekeepers struggle. And there's no excuse to have to struggle when we know the answers. Now, one of the things you might be thinking is, why are you doing this? Why are you there? The fact of the matter is, we're there to teach our beekeepers in our beekeepers association. We could do that in the typical ad hoc way, or we could choose to do what we have done here, which is get organized. See, the answer here, the aha moment about getting organized, is that it's much easier to plan the work and work the plan, It benefits us because we are working from prepared lesson plans that don't require us to prepare for every session, every meeting coming up for the association. And it is far better for the new beekeepers for all the points that I've been going on for the past 30 minutes. It is really beneficial for the association because it runs in parallel to their normal operations the officers of the club can operate the association for the tenured members and continue their learning path for intermediate to advanced beekeepers while we make sure the new beekeepers are in good hands. Now, put simply, it provides a known place for new beekeepers to come and get what they need in a focused, prepared environment. And that leads to a stronger organization because in the long run, we are going to build a large contingent of competent beekeepers. New beekeepers, they're not going to struggle finding answers to the newbie questions because when in the management or program, they will be told in advance of what comes next and they will also have a place to answer any questions for their particular situation. We have found that our participants in the pilots came to trust that they will find the answers there And they didn't try to shoehorn them in in an uncomfortable environment in a meeting where, say, a featured speaker from some university was coming in and trying to run the full session. Now, not for nothing, this is where I'm hoping there's an aha moment for officers of beekeeping associations listening. And that perhaps we've piqued interest in reviewing the foundations for this reimagined approach. Yeah, this seems like a good place to stop for now. I know that I have not really talked about the content of the program, and that's what I plan to bring in part two to round out this conversation. In the next episode, I will share the blueprint of the program, and I'm going to be transparent about where it is in the life cycle of content development. There was a wrinkle along the way. Mmm, COVID. (laughs) That made me rethink things, and I will share how I bit the bullet, stopped development direction that we were going in, and went completely different way to the structure of the program, and I think it is a far stronger program because of that. So next time, the structure of the program, how to participate in the program, information about the website and resources, and, well, the rest of the story. I hope you found this interesting, this special little feature of mine, and I'm hoping that this is the beginning of something interesting. We'll see how this goes now that we're putting it out there, and look for the follow-up episode to come on the heels of this one very shortly. Like our beloved bees, when beekeepers go together, we can accomplish great things. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll catch you next time on The Beekeeper's Corner.